0: Hello, this is Darrell Castle with today's podcast. Today is Monday, February 10th, 2014, and today we continue our discussion of how the Republic became a monarch, the transfer of constitutional power. In part one, we discussed the 16th and 17th Amendments and how they contributed a great deal to the fundamental changes to the constitutional system that were necessary in order that President Woodrow Wilson Could complete his agenda for America. It seems that every president has his agenda, and he has no shortage of people who want to help him accomplish it. The 16th Amendment brought about the enactment of a national income tax during Mr. Wilson's first year in office, but it was only on the rich. Quote, rich. At that time, rich people were defined as those earning. Over $4,000 per year in today's terms, thanks to the Federal Reserve, that would be about $80,000 per year, not rich then and not rich now. The important thing was that the dam was breached, the Rubicon crossed, or however you want to say it, the power to tax income was the thing holding back the march of federal power and purchased influence based on spending by the federal government. It was a short jump. From that to the federal government being able to buy anything and one before Woodrow Wilson was president, federal government spending never exceeded 3% of gross domestic product except during the War of 1812 and the Civil War. At that time revenue was still derived constitutionally, that is, from customs levies, import duties and other excises and tariffs. During Mr. Wilson's two terms in office, spending rose to more than 20% of GDP. So Woodrow Wilson had broken the interest of the several states with the 17th Amendment, and their influence was on the decline, and he had broken the dam, holding back federal spending with the power to tax income. He still had another river to cross, however, before his destruction of constitutional government was complete and that was accomplished with his support of the Federal Reserve Act passed December 23rd, 1913 in the wee hours of the morning with Washington all but deserted for the Christmas holidays. You can get a good look at the Federal Reserve and how it works from G. Edward Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island and Eustace Mullins' book, Secrets of the Federal Reserve. The name Jekyll Island comes from Jekyll Island, Georgia, where all the bankers went in secret, to rewrite and take control of the United States financial system. The Federal Reserve Act stated that its purposes were number one, provide for the establishment of Federal Reserve banks, two, to furnish an elastic currency. Well, they've certainly done that, haven't they? Three, to afford means of rediscounting commercial paper, and four, to establish a more effective supervision of banking in the United States, and five, qu- quote, other purposes. The Fed was composed of a board of governors in Washington, D.C., and 12 regional Federal Reserve banks. By statute, the responsibilities of these banks are, number one, conduct the nation's monetary policy by influencing the money and credit conditions in the economy. Number two, supervise and regulate banking institutions to ensure safety and soundness of the nation's banking and financial system. Three, maintain the stability of the financial system. Four, provide certain financial services to the U.S. government, financial institutions, the public and foreign official institutions, including a major role in operating the nation's payment system. The Federal Reserve was created as and has fought hard to remain quote an independent central bank this is a totally european concept reflecting the need to provide banking services to the sovereign so welcome to america mr monarch the fed is independently run within the government and its decisions do not have to be ratified by congress the president or anyone it is still however a creature of government, and the creature is not greater than its creator. The Constitution gives to Congress the power to coin money and to set its value, and therefore Congress maintains oversight over it. Thanks to Mr. Wilson's assistance in 1913, Congress delegated or assigned its power to coin money and regulate its value to the Federal Reserve. It could take it back, however, Any time, Congress could simply repeal the Federal Reserve Act of 1913, and it would be back in control of the nation's monetary system. In simple terms, folks, the Federal Reserve is a European-style central bank that can create on its own authority and subject only to very weak, indirect oversight by Congress, credit denominated in U.S. dollars. It is now a credit-based economy. That's the way it's run. Well, that's all we have time for today, folks. On Wednesday, we'll finish the Federal Reserve and look at some of the other tools of destruction handed over to Mr. Wilson in his two terms in office. Until then, folks, this is Darrell Castle. Thanks for listening.